What up, guys? It's your boy Colby coming at you with another episode of the Timeout Pod. I am pleased to be joined by the lovely, beautiful, wonderful, best home cooking lady this side of the Poconokes, Miss Brittany Horn. Hi, guys. Um, in case you probably won't put two and two together, but she is my wife. That's the reason for all the lovely compliments as I bat my eyes at her. Um, figured no better person to talk about today's topic than my wife, who has made it through the entire first season of House of Dragons. Um, and what we decided to do was compare that to the first season of Game of Thrones, kind of look back at Game of Thrones first season see if it was as exciting and see if there was a lot of craziness like there was in the first season of game of thrones as well as ask Brittany some questions as far as you know were certain people or certain things mentioned in house of dragons and whatnot just kind of get a feel for the first season what she thinks and where it goes from here got a couple of really sweet conspiracy theories so looking forward to it you ready i'm ready so to start off with, we'll chat a little bit about the first season of Game of Thrones and kind of what happened to jog your memory before we jump into uh, before we jump into House of Dragons and all my questions I've got. Uh, so in the first season of Game of Thrones, obviously you have Cersei and Jamie's love affair, um, which produces three children, none of which look like Robert Baratheon. I'm not sure how he didn't pick up that they didn't look like him, and they all look like Cersei and Jamie. But I digress. Um, one of those being Joffrey, who obviously later becomes king. Um, Unfortunately for Bran Stark, he walks in on Jamie and Cersei getting very intimate in a tower. Uh, I can't remember if the, it was in King's Landing or if it was in Winterfell. I believe it was in King's Landing. But anyways, Jamie goes, pushes poor Bran out the window. Bran passes out, becomes paralyzed, yada, yada, yada. Obviously, we know what happened. What eventually happens to Bran as you get through the rest of the uh, rest of the show, but Bran is eventually named Lord of Winterfell uh, once Rob declares war on the South or King's Landing um, against the Lannisters for the murder of his father, Ned Stark. Um, is anything? Is it that exciting in the first season of House of Dragons? You think so far? Just you know, with the pretty much the main character dying in the first season not even you know at the season finale it was like episode nine i think is when ned died and i know he was the most famous like character um as far as the actor that played him he was the most famous actor and so like he ended up dying like the first season and was was there that sort of stuff in house of dragons well you had king viscerous who made it i think through eight episodes it was one of those things where you just he got sicker with each episode. You knew eventually he was going to pass and that his throne would be passed on and that when that time came, there was going to be some drama. So it led up to it. It wasn't anything that like caught you by surprise. Um, but yeah, I mean, he played a huge part in the first eight episodes and then was gone. Yeah, but he wasn't murdered, right? He ended up dying from a sickness. Yeah, he was really sick. He was dying. Um there was some back and forth, I think, in the show about whether or not um, he was poisoned because he had some, like, milk of the poppy. And some people thought that, you know, that his wife or someone may have poisoned him to kind of, like, you know, take their chance at getting the throne and whatnot. So 
it never made it 100% clear, but I'm pretty sure he just died of his sickness just finally taking him out because he pretty much looked like a skeleton by that point. Right, right. Yeah. Um, we'll come back to that because I know we both had kind of talked about how that is a lot like what happened in The Last Kingdom with Alfred and obviously him dying very slowly. Mm -hmm. uh, same sort of deal where it felt like it took all season for Alfred to die. Um, but so anyway, so then uh, with Rob's declaration of war against King's Landing and whatnot, Jamie Lannister leads a uh, attack, I guess a counter on Rob, ends up losing, gets captured um, by Rob and his mom, Cat Stark. Cat uh, obviously being a pretty decent human being, um, eventually obviously let Jamie go um, with the big lady, which whose name I can never remember. Brienne. Brienne, every time. Brienne of Toth. Tarth. Uh, Toffee, whatever it is. Um, Tyrion ends up catching the blame. The dwarf, obviously. The oldest brother. Yeah, because Jamie and Cersei are twins. That's really weird to think about when you think about the love affair. Um, but Tyrion, the older brother, actually ends up getting the blame for Bran's attempted assassination. Um, so he ends up going to trial. While he is locked up, he ends up meeting Bronn, the sellsword, um, who ends up being with him pretty much throughout the entire story, um, all all the, all the seasons leading up to the end. Um, and Shay as well, which you remember was his like lover or whatever, until she ended up dying. She was the prostitute, I think is what she was, if I remember correctly. Um, definitely worked in the brothel. There we go. She was an employee of the brothel. I don't know if she was a uh, W-2 employee or a 1099, but that's neither here nor there. Um, so... Uh, Cersei obviously arranges Robert Baratheon, who is the king at the time's death, which, again, we talked about both having kings die in the first season. Um, Robert's brother obviously thinks he should have claim. Uh, Stannis, Joffrey, obviously ends up getting the ends up getting the throne, wearing the crown, obviously, um, which leads into Sansa Stark. Uh, she is actually, is it betrothed? Betrothed, betrothed, yeah, it's betrothed, right? Betrothed to Joffrey. Then they don't end up actually getting married, but she's betrothed to him. Um, and Joffrey actually makes her watch the execution as well as the planting of her father's head on a pike, uh, which I'm sure was lovely to watch. Dreams of rainbows and butterflies after the fact, right? Um, Arya, kind of the same deal, ends up coming to King's Landing, attacks Joffrey, I believe. Um, her what well, Sansa's di dire wolf ends up dying on the way to King's Landing, but uh, Arya ends up making it out. Arya obviously in King's Landing to learn fencing um, from Sirio Pharrell, who ends up dying uh, towards the end of season one. Uh, Arya ends up having to disguise herself as a boy and escape with one of Robert's um, bastard children, uh, Gandry, I think was his name. Um, and then moving to Jon Snow, obviously John ends up going to the Night's Watch, meets Sam. And I didn't even remember this, but that was actually also whenever he, like, they fought the first um, White Walker. I almost want to say Night Walker. Night King, White Walker, uh, ends up fighting the first, white, and killing the first White Walker and finding Longclaw, which we'll talk about here in just a few as far as the Valerian Steel. Um, and then Daenerys, last but not least, meets Khal Drago. Doesn't like him, ends up falling in love with him though, gets married. Uh, Khal Drogo obviously kills her brother, Viserys, 
one of the 27 Viserys in the family tree. Um, ends up killing him. And then, uh, oddly enough, full circle, Daenerys ends up actually killing Khal Drago because he's sick and because he's in like a vegetative state, so she ends up having to be the one to kill him. Um, and they had a miscarriage, and then she ends up having eggs somehow. I don't remember exactly the full details of how she got the eggs, but then she, when they light Khal Drago on fire and do his pyre, she walks in there to be with him and then walks back out. And she has no clothes, but she is completely unscathed, and so then at that point, all the Dothraki follow her, and like she, that's when she starts her snowball effect of getting a bunch of people to follow her um so yeah so that's kind of a very brief synopsis of what happens in the first season of game of thrones um again we'll kind of circle back around i mean how does house of dragons compare to the first season of game of thrones obviously with ned dying and you know jamie being captured and brands attempted assassination and all the stuff that happens with daenerys like there's a lot that goes on in how uh game of thrones and so i'm just curious there's a lot of foundation work i feel like that had to be done in game of thrones um so i assume it was the same in house of dragons uh disclaimer i haven't watched it because i'm a millennial slash gen zer am i a gen z i think i'm a gen z um in that i wait until all the episodes are out before i watch any show because i don't have any patience to wait a whole week anymore so i haven't watched it yet so this is why i figured it would be a good idea to bring in someone who has so Take it away. How was uh how was the first season of House of Dragon? Uh the season was good. It was very slow starting. I think the first few episodes were very like getting to know who the characters were. There were a lot of people to introduce and tie in. Um I feel like there was more foundational stuff that had to be um you know explained in House of the Dragon. Um that like there was a lot in game of thrones but they had to figure out a way to tie the new show to the old right like um kind of not get you completely lost so you hear a lot of like name drops there were a lot of times in the first few episodes where i would like pause it and i'd be like that can't possibly be the same person um because it's dated 300 years prior so um, there were multiple times that I had to pause and Google family trees. And, um, of course, there's, like, Viserys the first, second, third, fourth, fifth. Um, so, when that name is thrown around, there's a lot of Aegons. There's a lot of, you know, um, you know, I can't think of any other names off the top of my head. But there was quite a few of, like, the same um, names. They tend to keep them all, you know, in the family. So, there wasn't, I don't think, as much action there was there was action um in the first season there wasn't as maybe it's drama there wasn't as much drama um there were things where like you know people were murdered unnecessarily there were some love affairs um you know how you mentioned that Robert Baratheon wasn't Cersei's kid's father there's some of that there's you know um a bunch of people feeling like they have rights to certain titles just because they're, you know, the brother, all those sorts of same, um, situations, but it wasn't really until, like, episode nine and ten where I feel like you really thought, like, okay, they're about to, like, bring the heat, like, something terrible is about to, like, happen to somebody, um, and it did, but it wasn't, like, I don't feel like it was as detrimental, like, as some of the things in uh, Game of Thrones. Like, the first season, there was a lot of, like, 
main characters who were affected. Um, and it kind of set the tone for the rest of their um, characters, like the rest of their like adventures, I guess, throughout Game of Thrones, throughout the other seven seasons. But I don't know, like there's a person in um, House of the Dragon that really reminds us of, what was that, Littlefinger? Littlefoot? Mm-hmm. Little Littlefinger, <laughs> not Littlefoot. <laughs> Definitely not Littlefoot. It's Bigfoot. <laughs> Not Littlefoot. Yes, Littlefinger. Yes, so there's a character um, in this season that is very, very much like him. There are a lot of memes going around. Um, He's very cunning, very, you know, fake, plays any side that, you know, benefits him. Um, I wouldn't say that I thought Princess Rhaenyra was anything much like Daenerys. Um... I feel like from the very get-go, Daenerys was more like, it's my throne and I need to get it back. Whereas, Rhaenyra was named heir and throughout childhood, never wanted it. Like, she didn't like the... She was really rebellious, so she didn't like the requirements that came with, like, being the heir and, you know, having to marry off somebody she wasn't in love with. And, um things like that but as she grew and became a mother and those sorts of things I think she started to take that um title much more seriously um and then she was always very at peace like she it doesn't matter what was going on around her and how many men were telling her like oh go to war like she was super at peace and never wanted anything bad to happen until she was incredibly wronged at the very end and then you kind of see the switch flip and then the season ended. So you don't really get to see her go crazy until probably season two, which will unfortunately not come out until 2024. So. Can't wait. Literally. Okay, so a couple of questions based on that. First off, I just want to clear the air. Is it House of Dragons or is it House of the Dragons? I think it's House of the Dragon. Oh, one dragon. Oh, okay. That makes sense. I think. Because I've heard it just... Now you're making me question myself. Well, so many people have said it differently, right? It's been like House of Dragons and House of Dragon and House of the Dragon and, you know, Eye of the Tiger and... House of the Dragon. All right. So House of the Dragon. Good to know. H-O-T-D. And I've seen that thrown around and so that's why I wanted to make sure. Um, Okay, cool. Second thing would be, I think it's probably purposeful the way that they're handling the progression of uh, House of the Dragon, now that I know how to say it. Uh, because of the terrible ending in Game of Thrones, right? Like, we were all really, really mad at how it ended because it was very anticlimactic uh, at the very end, obviously, what happens. So I think there's probably a reason that. The other thing I will say is that it makes sense that there's a big difference between, what did you say her name was? Rhaenyra. Rhaenyra. Uh, Panera Bread and Daenerys. Um, in that, like, Daenerys is get, trying to get something back, right? Like, the throne was taken from her family because her father was the Mad King. Aragon? Ares? Pocahontas? It definitely wasn't Ares. Um, it was it was Aegon. I think it was Aegon. It was not Aegon. Well, I thought he was named after the Aegon fellow, which we'll also get to in just a moment. Was it not Aegon? Ares. The second. Ooh, Okay. Uh, well, I pictured A R I E S, and so I was like, "That's definitely not it. He is not, no, not Ares, a Greek god, god of war." I think Ares was the god of war. 
I mean, um, maybe that's why they gave him the character that name. Might be what it was. Um, the plot thickens, so that that makes sense, right? Like Renera, they already have the throne, and so it's not a matter of she's got to be like, oh, this is mine and whatnot, because they already have it, right? And it's not a Renera doesn't sound like she's in the situation that like someone like Cersei is in, right? Where Cersei has to like kind of defend the throne because there's there's not people riding around on dragons, obviously. Um, like there is in House of the Dragon to defend the throne per se, right? Um, so I don't know. I guess it makes sense to me, kind of the way that things are panning out. I am curious to see what the things you are talking about, obviously, and also curious to see how things unfold. Um, I know this is just one of the—I don't want to call it spinoffs because it's de- technically the prequel um, to Game of Thrones, but then obviously Snow as well. Um, you know, I'm curious to see how they approach those because there's such a bad taste in everyone's mouth on how Game of Thrones ended. So I'm sure that they're going to try to win people back. So it'll be interesting to see. Um, I do have some more questions that I want to ask you about it. Um, what are are any of the like houses that we hear about in Game of Thrones? Like, are they mentioned? So, like for instance, the Starks, the Baratheons, the Lannisters. Um, I know we had talked about to start one of those off that. You thought that the Valerians were the Greyjoys and vice versa in House of the Dragon. Um, yes. So I guess we can talk about them first because the Greyjoys are not, like the Iron Islands aren't a thing, I guess, yeah, in House so of the Dragon. I guess I made that connection because the Valerians are um, known for their um, giant fleet of ships. Um, and then I remember the Greyjoys um, and Game of Thrones being, you know, um, on ships and whatnot and kind of having the Iron Islands. Um, so my thought process was that three hundred in 300 years, maybe the name changed because of marriage or whatnot, but that um, the location was the same. But apparently that's not the case. Um, the Valerians are a huge house in season one. Yeah, and they're not even uh, in Game of Thrones, so I guess I'll be curious, too, to see how that pans out, right? Right. I typically think that it's because um, by the end of Season 1, there are not many of them left, typically because, I mean, mostly because um, there were a lot of females in the the line that was in Season 1, and then obviously they're married off, and then their name changes. So That makes sense. Um, I think that they, I think that's where their name ends up dying off, because I don't recall them being mentioned um the only mention of the valerians in game of thrones is obviously the valerian steel um which we will come back to i'm sure um let's just talk about it now then what so like the valerian steel um obviously that is what uh long claw is made out of john's sword um, it's what they discover is the only thing that kills white walkers obviously Arya ends up using cat's paw um, which again will, I guess we can go ahead and touch on now. Uh, Cat's Paul is in House of the Dragon, right? Yes, they don't call it by name that I recall. Um, it is the dagger that King Viserys um, shows to Princess Renera when he's explaining to her the. Can we just call her Princess Panera for the rest of the show? No. Let's just call her Princess Panera. No. Please. No. Okay, Princess Renera. Um. So, she is shown the dagger, um, and 
he's showing this to her as like a family heirloom. Basically, it's passed down. Um, it came from Aegon the Conqueror, who is highly praised in House of the Dragon. Um, he um, is the one who predicted the Song of Fire and Ice. So he tells her this whole story, tells her that when she takes the throne, that this dagger will belong to her and so forth and so on. Um, and that it's her responsibility. You see a bunch of people who are not, um, you know, in line for the throne eyeball it every time they come into the king's quarters. They see it. It's like a, you know, a highly um, sought after commodity, I guess. Um, but. You don't really see it much again after that um, until the end when it's passed down after the king dies. Um, it's made a big deal that it was passed down to his heir. Um, but yeah, it is. it does end up being the exact same sword that Arya has in, uh, or dagger that Arya has in Game of Thrones, um, which we later find out is Cat's Paw. But it is used to kill the Night King, correct? Yep. Yeah. So, um, it is also oddly enough the same dagger that she used to kill Littlefinger, which I know we've already talked about. <laughs> um, and Littlefinger was actually the one who originally had it. I don't remember how he got it, but I know he originally had it, gave it to Bran, um, due to obviously Littlefinger having an obnoxiously terrible love for Cat, their mother, Arya and Bran's mother. Um, so Bran, and then Bran ends up giving it to. Arya knowing obviously because he's the three-eyed raven and like he obviously is seeing all the stuff that's going on gives it to Arya knowing what's going to be done um so yeah so Cat's Paul's got an interesting obviously lineage lineage in that and whatnot um since we're on the topic of Aragorn Aragorn what's his name Aragorn Aragorn Aegon there we go Aegon um you want to touch a little bit on kind of who he is and what he represents in the show and then I promise we'll get back on course with the rest of the families. I don't... This is where my bad memory comes into play. I don't recall exactly what war he um, conquered. I believe that he is the one who brought like peace um, over the Seven Kingdoms, kind of united everything. So he's just highly like favored. Um, everybody talks about him. Everybody wants to be like him. Everybody wants to name their kid after him. Um so he's just somebody who obviously he was not in this show it's just somebody who was before um king viserys who just talks highly of him so um my theory i know you didn't ask this but my theory is that um aegon the conqueror is actually the night king because of cat's paw being the well not cat's paw specifically but valerian steel being the only thing that can kill the White Walkers, um, Cat's Paw being the one thing that does end up killing the Night King, um, and it having been Aegon the Conqueror's dagger. I just, that's my conspiracy theory. So you think it comes full circle? You think that he has Cat's Paw, and then ultimately he becomes the Night King, and then Cat's Paw kills him? Yes. Wow. Interesting. I always thought that the Night King was the Mad King, Ares. Um, so that's interesting. I would. That's a heck of a theory, and I think there's some merit to it, right? Um, with this, him being the one that prophesied the Song of Fire and Ice, 
boy, wouldn't that be interesting? I guess, obviously, there's going to have to be some sort of way for us to figure out how White Walkers become White Walkers, other than him just, like, kissing them or whatever he does to turn them into White Walkers. I don't remember what it is. I don't know if he plays a little tune. I don't know if he braids their hair. I don't remember what it was. But he obviously ends up having a huge army. So, yeah, that's um, that's a pretty neat one. I like that. That's uh, Yeah. I'm about to my, write that down. One of my questions is just like, if are the only people who can become White Walkers Targaryen? Ooh, at that point. no, because I thought we had seen people that we knew in Game of Thrones that became White Walkers. I also have, I got a lot of questions. It's fine. That we could do a whole show on the White Walkers and theories <laughs> on how that happens. Um, but yeah, that's pretty interesting. I definitely always thought it was the Mad King, but I guess maybe there wasn't enough time. For the Mad King to become the Night King? Yeah, I, don't know. I, guess I think we'll see. the the Mad King is not until like six generations or something after. Um, I think it's five. Yeah, I think maybe six. I think you're right. I think it is six. Um, I know we looked at the family tree because we were curious as to how many bloody Viserys yeah. there were and all well, that sort of stuff. From my understanding, King Viserys the first, which is the King Viserys in season one. Is uh, Daenerys's great 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 grandfather? That's a lot of breadcrumbs. Or maybe to try one to more great. To get home. Or maybe That's it was yeah, because she's seven. eight generations down. Yes. Right, right, right. So the Mad King was her father. Right. So. Whew. Yeah. Yeah, I think the White Walkers have to have come into effect long before, before one generation before yeah, Daenerys. Yeah. So. That makes sense. Okay. Well, thanks for blowing up my conspiracy theory. <laughs> so nice of you. Yeah, you're uh, anyways, okay, let's get back to the point at hand. What about uh, what about the Lannisters? Was there any talk of the Lannisters in there? There were the Lannisters. Um, there was a set of twin brothers, um, oh. which is common, I guess, in the Lannisters. Um, twins, you know, Jamie and Cersei were twins. So Did they have a love affair as well. They were both brothers. So that, no, that didn't answer my question. <laughs> no, something come full um, One of one of the brothers, I don't remember their first names, but one of them was um, on King Viserys's small council. Mm-hmm. The other one, which is the one that you see more often, I believe, or that stood out the most to me. Um, he was very arrogant, as the Lannisters are known to be. Um, he kept trying to um offer himself to be princess renair's husband when they were looking for somebody to marry her off to to, typical lannister fashion yeah so obviously wanting to insert themselves into the um lineage or like i guess in the throne yeah yeah so typical onto the iron throne so that was really it um as far as the lannisters came in i have to ask at any point in time, while the Lannisters are around, are around, do you hear the phrase, a Lannister always repays their debts at all? I don't recall hearing that. Oh, okay. Got to figure out Maybe when that, that comes Maybe that started in. with Cersei and them's father. No, I don't think so. Tywin? No, I don't think so. I got to think. It, maybe. I guess maybe. There's no telling <laughs> when it did start. I was just curious. Another house that was mentioned um, only once, um, it was... I think it had something to do with um, where a certain situation in the season took place. Um, they talked about it being at one of the high towers, like towers. <laughs> That's um, not odd. One of the high towers, towers? Yeah, it was something that occurred. Did I with- cancel out and it's just one high? <laughs> 
Um, it was something that happened within a tower, I believe. Um, and it was wherever the high towers um, mm-hmm. were. Property. It wasn't called property back then, but they're wherever they're. Estate? Yes. Okay. It was. Um, so it was only mentioned once, but what I find interesting is that. Um, Are you going to tell us who it was? You I don't did, know their name. You don't know who, what family it was? The Hightower's Tower? Whose Hightower Tower was it? The Hightower's? Yeah. Whose was it? Oh. <laughs> you were talking about I, it this whole time, I and I was so like, <laughs> what? Whose tower is so it? So the Hightower, I'm sorry. I got so, like, out there and forgot that you haven't seen both se- like both shows. So the Hightower's are mentioned um I'm sorry, they're mentioned once in Game of Thrones. In because they're very hot. Like they're they're in House of the Dragon. It's like the king's hand and then like his daughter ends up marrying the king and like the High Towers are a big family in oh. House of the Dragon. So they're only mentioned once in Game of Thrones and it's when um I believe it's when Lena Stark I want to say maybe it's where that whole battle took place and she ended up dying in that tower. Lena in Game Stark of being Ned's John sister. Snow. Yeah, Jon Snow's, Snow's mom. Mother. I think that tower, when they're, when Jon is told the story down in like the dragon dungeon thing about his mother, mm-hmm. um, which I don't think he knew it was his mom at the time. I think he just thought it was his aunt. Um when he finds out that story, I think that's when they mention the High Towers Tower. Um, Bro, but okay, so I just want to let you know that I was like the High Tower. I didn't even know that was a family or yes, a house. It's a family. Like I was like, I guess she's just describing a location, and I'm just going <laughs> to listen intently. The High Towers. That's why I was like, yes. "What family are you talking about?" Because I thought you were describing a family um, that was mentioned in game. Okay, no, got it. Sorry. Woo. So they were a big family in House of the Dragon, okay. but they you don't hear of them much in Game of Thrones. Okay. But the reason is because the name ends up dying off because one of the female High Towers. Ends up marrying into the Tyrell family, and Ooh, so the um, plot thickens. That, the yes. Tyrells are they, so they are mentioned in House of the Dragon in the no. first season. No. Oh, so the Tyrells aren't mentioned yet. No. How do you know this? Did you you've been googling? I saw something on Facebook about how um, Queen Marjorie was related to Alicent Hightower because they look so much alike. Ah, gotcha. Um, okay. Their characters look so much alike. So. Um, yeah, so I was curious as to how they were related. Obviously, they have different house names. So the Hightowers, someone in the Hightower family ends up marrying into the Tyrell family. And the person they marry, I don't remember her first name, but she ends up actually being the mother of Queen Marjorie, who obviously marries Joffrey in Game of Thrones. She ends up being the mother of Marjorie? Yes. So I guess the Hightowers are probably all throughout House of Dragons, all the way close to the end. Where it leads into Game of Thrones, my assumption. Right. Well, it's got to be because her grandmother is around. And so I would assume it's got to be when her grandmother comes into the picture. or like, And by comes into the picture, I mean is born or becomes of age or whatever. Her, her mother, I think her mother kept the name Tyrell. Because huh. I think when I read the article, her mom's name was Tyrell. Okay. Or maybe... You just said she kept the name Tyrell. I don't have enough breadcrumbs to get home, honey. I'm so lost. I don't remember the lady's name. I don't remember Queen Marjorie's mom's name. But That's I don't remember. It's irrelevant. 
But I don't remember if she was. I don't remember if she was a Tyrell or a Hightower. Ah, I see what you're saying. Okay. Wherever that crossed over right before Queen Marjorie, I believe, is what the article said. Got it. Okay. What about the Baratheons? Any mention of them? Which is who I thought you were talking about this whole time. I thought you were going to tell me. The Baratheons are mentioned a little bit in House of the Dragon. Um, I think mostly towards the end where Princess Rhaenyra sends one of her sons. They're probably mentioned somewhere. Um, Most of the houses are mentioned. um, Most of the major houses uh, are mentioned throughout the process of Princess Rhaenyra trying to find a husband. Just here or there. You don't see somebody from every house. Um, But you typically, like, hear the names thrown around. Um, But you don't really hear about the Baratheons again until... Near the end, I think it was either the end of season, I mean, the end of episode nine or beginning of episode 10, where Rhaenyra sends her son, I believe it was to the Baratheon's um, estate, and to figure out whether or not they were her ally. And um, that's kind of where they, the most that they play in House of the Dragon. Um, Obviously, in Game of Thrones. Right. You have King Robert Baratheon, who's huge in the beginning. He led the rebellion against the Mad King um, and then ended up, like, you know, taking um, the throne, being the usurper or whatever. Yep. Um, so, what I find funny is that um, the Baratheons are actually related to Princess Rhaenyra. So, it doesn't make that known in House of the Dragon. I found that out through just Googling. Um, but... Somewhere along the line, like, Princess Rhaenyra's line ends up, like, bleeding over into the same um, family that produces King Robert Baratheon. So. Gotcha. Then, obviously, everything from, yeah, everything from Game of Thrones. Right. So. Okay. The other major house that I feel like is worth mentioning are the Starks. They, um, they're mentioned... Towards the end of House of the Dragon, again, where she's looking to see who her allies are, she talk allies are. She talks about the Starks up in the north. Obviously, we know that that's where they are because of uh, Game of Thrones, but they do appear um, once in the show. Um, I don't remember the gentleman's name, but he was a Stark, and he did like pledge his loyalty to Princess Rhaenyra when she was named heir. Um, he was, I believe the guy, whoever it was that pledged his loyalty was like the great, great, great grandfather of Ned Stark. Gotcha. So, um, yep. And then we know that the Starks are obviously a huge family in Game of Thrones. So like the one of two of the main families, I guess the Lannisters would be the other one. So right. cool. Well, at least that sums up the, uh, houses, the major houses, obviously, mm-hmm. um, what talk to me about like is there does it look like atlanta traffic out there with the dragons like are they just flying and running through stop signs and there's just you know like this big like conglomerate of just dragons everywhere is it dark in the sky all the time like talk to me about like the dragons involvement in house of dragon obviously not dark outside all the time um if there's six scenery is pretty much the same as what's in game of thrones um the major difference obviously is like the architecture is new it's all current um in game of thrones you see a lot of things that are rubble and rubbish that are um old architectural buildings that were obviously demolished by the dragons um you're also i mean 
one of those examples being like that dragon den right in yes. king's landing yes so it's a huge major building up until episode nine i believe um when it gets pretty much destroyed and i guess that's how it's left because that's kind of how we see it in game of thrones um so i think there were nine nine ish major dragons um mentioned in house of the dragon um there's not just a ton of dragons just flying around just everybody rides a dragon um you kind of like it's like you get chosen um to be a dragon and they're they refer to themselves as dragon riders how do you get chosen is it like a game um, spin the bottle and just whoever musical well, chairs so for the most part from what i you know um gathered from season one is that when a baby is born they place a dragon egg I guess they kind of like um, warm, not warm, but like incubate the dragon egg the entire time the mother is pregnant. And then when the baby is born, they place the dragon egg in the cradle with the baby. And then the dragon hatches beside the baby to try to form that bond. And then as they grow, they kind of grow together. And then when they, when the child gets like, I guess like a teenage age is where you start seeing them choose their dragons. Um, then they go up to the dragon, try to, you know, see if that bond is still there, if the dragon is accepting or whether the dragon, you know, burns their head off. So it's kind of just a, like, (laughs) it's kind of like a, you have to like not pee yourself, but like obviously stay really calm and try to see if the dragon accepts you kind of thing so boy this is like a gang initiation like holy cow so it's very there's not it's not common it's very few and far between people that actually have dragons um obviously a lot of the main characters do um but you have um i don't even say the main characters because i don't even know that king viserys had one but obviously princess renera does um but there are dragons that are unclaimed so they just lie down in the dragon den. I guess they're hatching eggs. Uh, you see one episode where Damon is going and collecting dragon eggs, and people claim that they're the same three eggs that you later see in Game of Thrones with Princess Daenerys, uh, who becomes Queen Daenerys. But so you just got dragons flying around with no owners. It's like a doggy. Yeah, but not a lot of human. them. Not a lot of them. You just hear a few mentioned here or there. Um, obviously. There's one scene, um, not scene, I mean, I'll get back to the scene, but there's one dragon in particular in House of the Dragon that they always talk about being like the biggest dragon, right? But then there's one scene at the end where you don't really realize how much bigger he is until you see what looks like a very big dragon fly underneath him, and then he looks like Goliath because <laughs> he's huge. And so, um, is his name Godzilla. No, I don't Dang remember. It. I think it's Vagar. That might be the second biggest. Hmm. I don't remember. Gotcha. Um, okay. What about, very quickly, um, is there anything of like the Dothrakis, the folks from the Southern Isle, like Grey Worm, um, any, any of those like tribes, I guess, um, any of those mentioned in the i mean we're still young in the show but any of those in the first season of the house of the dragon no um i don't know of any mention of dothraki anything like that um the only um group that i 
recall hearing about. And uh, remember being in Game of Thrones is obviously the King's Guard, which are also referred to as the White Cloaks, um, which is, I think, started up by Prince Damon. Um, he was younger and much more like fit to be king, but obviously he was the second born, so he was constantly just causing trouble for his brother who was the king. So his brother was like, here, let me give you something to do and kind of let him take on creating the King's Guard, which we know is also still a thing in Game of Thrones. But other than that, I don't recall any like groups or posses. Gotcha. No, um, I guess... There are brothels. Oh, ooh, there you go. Um, <laughs> what about like, I guess probably nothing like the faceless men. You remember the one that Arya ended no. up getting hooked up with and ended up learning how to be an assassin and the girl has no name? Um, Not anything that kind of off the wall yet. Obviously, it's just season one. Uh, I don't think that came for Arya until a little bit later. But there is what they call the white worm. And it's basically a lady who works in the brothel, but she seems to see and know everything. She kind of... I guess she's also like Littlefinger in that regard where like she just has like little spies everywhere and so she just basically knows every single thing that ever goes on in the castle even though she works in a brothel like way outside and she kind of uses that information to blackmail people within the castle. It's the same as the other guy too, right? Like the little, not little, the bald monk fella. You remember yes, in Game maybe of Thrones? Yes, she's, maybe she's way more like him. What do they call him? I don't remember, but he's she's, the one that had the... My yeah. little birds. Yeah, she's um, basically same thing. Um, yeah, I forgot about him. She's definitely probably more like him than than uh, Littlefinger. But she, because she does have like good intentions, right. I think. Um, so, yeah, other than her, she's kind of like the only like secretive, sneaky. I mean, other than the, what is his name? Um, I don't recall his name, but the other guy that's like Littlefinger that I mentioned Gotcha. Earlier on. Um, last question before we get to the conspiracy theories, which we've already talked about one, um, is is there any uh, – is the Three-Eyed Raven mentioned at any point in House of the Dragon, or is it – do you have – I guess we'll get to this when we get to our conspiracy theories, but is there any mention of the Three-Eyed Raven very quickly? No mention. Um, a funny piece of information I found was that he – the first Three-Eyed Raven, I guess, does stem from Rhaenyra's and Damon's line. So, um... Well, then let's get to your conspiracy theory that you originally thought about the Three-Eyed yeah, Raven. my one that... It was already... It's already been proven wrong. You don't but, know that. You're taking Google for that answer. And that hasn't even been played out yet. Don't make any assumptions. I'm already just, like, not... I'm over the conspiracy theory. But we can talk about it if you feel like... It may be true. You got uh, a good point. So let's I mean, talk about it. Okay. Who's the first three-eyed raven? I don't remember his name. The brother. The one that you think it is. The younger brother missing in his eye. There we go. And he missing an eye. Yes. You know what you told me? So he he's not missing an eye per se. He gets into he a... He misplaced it. Left it in his drawer. No. He gets oh. into a fight early on in the season and gets stabbed or cut across the face across the eye got it 
um, and then obviously ends up losing all sight in that eye. So he's, he wears an eye patch the rest of the season. Um, before this happened, he's kind of a weak character. He, um, you know, he's kind of the only child without a dragon um, in their little group. He can't, he's nervous, he's scared um, until he takes a big leap of faith, which is what ends up causing the fight that causes him to lose his eye. Um, and then in Game of Thrones fashion, not Game of Thrones, I guess in um, George R. R. Martin, I don't even know if he was part of House of the Dragon, but in the same sense, they decide to skip forward 10 years, which I don't think they did in Game of Thrones, but I think it they had to in House of the Dragon just because there would have been way too much between that 10 years and the season just wasn't long enough. So they skip forward 10 years and then you have Aemond who is significantly better off for having lost his sight. Like he, his other senses are like completely heightened. He can feel people without having to look into their around. He can like hear thing and things and sense things. And obviously, um, spoiler alert, he ends up being the dragon rider of the biggest dragon in the entire world. So, um, he kind of goes from being a nothing to kind of being like this huge, uh, character. Um, so for me, obviously losing his sight and like Bronn in Game of Thrones, who obviously also loses his sight. Um, Bran. Bran. Not to be confused with Bronn, who is... Same thing, different no. pronunciation. So anyways, Bran, okay, who also loses his sight and is later, you know, determined to be the three-eyed raven. Doesn't he lose his sight? No. Loses his legs. Remember, he becomes paralyzed. I know, but I thought, like, he also couldn't see. Like, he's no, always he just, like, see. staring off and, like... He could definitely see. Okay. It's been yeah, a while. He could see. <laughs> it's been a while. Well, I just recall him... I don't... No, it's no. just been a while since, like, I've seen it, but I could recall him just always, like, staring. Like, people would be talking to him, and he just looked like he was, like, looking at nothing. Well. But, okay, well, never mind. See? You're just continuing to prove my theory is wrong. That's why it's a conspiracy theory. It's because it it's probably con- wrong. It is wrong, but you just kept telling me that I didn't know that. Well, now you know. Anyways, but yes, that's what I thought very early on in the season when he first lost his eye. I thought it was going to lead to him being the three-eyed raven, but it didn't. Um, because of what I've read, I think the first three-eyed raven stems from Rhaenyra instead, gotcha. so, which is his sister. Gotcha, gotcha. Um, the other conspiracy theory, obviously, being that you think... Aegon is the Night King. Yes. Um, the Valerian still, we talked about um, how it comes about. I guess we just don't know because they're not known for like so, like blacksmithing and swordsmanship in the first season, right? Like, not there's as no... far as I'm aware. Like, I don't recall any main mention of them, you know, of the Valerian steel itself. Gotcha. But I could have just not been paying attention because there were bigger things going on. But I don't recall. I just know the biggest thing that they were known for was their fleet of ships. They continuously mentioned that everybody wanted to be allied with them because of their ships. So Got it. Um, last question before we wrap it up. Is there any mention of the Lord of the Light in the House of the Dragons? Remember that was like a big deal in Game of Thrones where like the Red Wit- 
Is it the Red Witch? I think that's yeah, what that's like way later. Well, not necessarily so much way later as it's just not like she comes in. I think like season two and talks about it because it progressively gets worse because not personally gets worse per se, but because she has such a hold on Stannis and then she ends up trying to get him to kill his daughter and like a whole bunch of other different stuff. But remember also the like band of men that Arya I think runs into where the one guy has ironically like only has one eye and he's like always talking about the lord of the light so i mean he's in there quite a bit early and often um but so no mention of that in the house of dragons i know he's from like that's more towards like essos and not westeros per se um but i was just curious if there's any mention of the lord of the light no no (laughs) all right well all right i mean i don't think there's anything else um you know pretty uh Pretty exciting stuff for the first season. What do you What do you think? Give me a one to ten. How was the first season? Off I'd the say cuff. a six. Six. Ooh, kind of low, but I I respect it. You know, it's when you get into these sorts of shows, there's a lot of foundation that has to be built. Um, I know you've never seen them, which is kind of blasphemy, but like the Lord of the Rings, the first one is about twenty seven hours long. And it's just building characters. I feel well, when like when I get ready to watch them, I'm just gonna skip that. Well, you can just tell me who you everybody can't is. because then you don't know who anyone is. You can just tell It'd be me. like watching episode eight, season eight of Game of Thrones. Like you can just tell me about all these people. I there's I wouldn't remember all the facts. That's you need to read. Listen for someone who loves to read books. You got to read the first book first in order to get to the second and third movie in order to know. So the Fellowship of the Ring is that way, but. Anyways, well, honey, I appreciate you hopping on and chatting with me about the uh, the house dragons um, or the dragon house or whatever it's Princess called, full house. Panera. Princess Panera, right? Um, that is it for us, guys. Uh, thanks for listening. Be sure to check us out wherever you get your podcasts, and we will catch you on the flip side. See ya.